0: Ladies and, Ladies and gentlemen, it's the lateral, it's the lateral show. show. Fasten your seatbelts, seat because belts. here we go. Here we go. to the lateral show. On behalf of Herms and McLateral, we apologize for the technical difficulties in this episode, but we promise you this is the same mediocre product that you get from these two clowns anyhow. So without further ado, here is Herms. Welcome into the lateral show. Yes, that is the voice of your boy Herms on Twitter at Herms NFL. So you know, much like the Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots last night, uh, we had to deal with some inclement weather on our side. Uh, wind really knocked out my Wi-Fi and made it so that <laughs> the uh, the recording of this podcast when. All was said and done and it got recorded. You know, things were a little corrupted. So much of the show that we had for you got a little choppy and a little bit lost. So I figured, hey, why not go back and record some of it later in post-production? And that's what I'm here to do now. So welcome into the show. Uh, You know, we're heading into week 14. Many people are approaching the fantasy football playoffs, and that's great. Anybody who's on the bubble or has already made the playoffs, good for you. And I hope that your teams perform super well. But, you know, this is also the time of year where a lot of fantasy managers tend to check out a little bit, because if your team's not in playoff contention, or you've been out of playoff (laughs) contention for a while, you know, it's a little hard to stay dedicated. So we'll get to an episode next week, you know, surrounding those people who, you know, maybe aren't in it anymore, but for this week... In lieu of a traditional Waiver Wire episode for week 14, we decided to bring you a playoff strategy episode in terms of like how you handle waivers, what types of players you might look to drop, and then we also dropped some names, you know, in terms of, you know, guys you can let go of and whatnot, and then also just how to handle setting your lineups. But at any rate, we'll get to that later. Let us start first with teams that are on a bye week for week 14, just to give you that information. The Indianapolis Colts, Miami Dolphins, New England Patriots, and Philadelphia Eagles, all those players will not be available to you for Week 14. So prepare accordingly. Do your thing. Now, as far as notable injuries in the NFL, um, Baltimore Ravens cornerback Marlon Humphrey is expected to be out for the rest of the season with a torn pectoral muscle. That's not great. His absence will weaken an already questionable Ravens DST You know, I mean, it's been tough to trust that unit this year anyhow. They're definitely not the Ravens of old, and being without their top corner, that's kind of a problem. So, you know, if you're looking for DST and you have been playing the Ravens for a while, you know, like, you may need to make some plans otherwise. And then we move on to Bengals quarterback Joe Burrow with his pinky finger. You know, it got a little bent up. It was kind of (laughs) bent in a really weird, wrong direction. On Sunday, but uh, per Bengals head coach Zach Taylor, it seems that everything is okay on that front. As far as we know now, everything is good to go. No need to panic. And to keep the good news rolling, Raiders tight end Darren Waller is now considered to be day-to-day with his knee injury instead of week-to-week. Which is good because anybody who trusted Foster Moreau this past week probably did not have a super good time. It is what it is, but hey, you know, wheels up for Waller. I hope that his health continues to improve and that we will be able to see him in action on Sunday. In addition to people who are getting good injury news, we get Saints quarterback Taysom Hill, who dodged surgery and will attempt to play through his mallet finger injury. Now, for those of you who might have forgotten, this is the same injury that kept Seahawks quarterback Russell Wilson out for three games earlier this year. The difference between Wilson and Hill is that, well, one of them had to have surgery and the other one didn't. So... You know, the news as far as Hill is concerned is like, hey, you know, barring any unforeseen circumstances, he should be able to remain the Saints starting quarterback. And as such, you know, he's a viable fantasy option because no matter how many interceptions he throws, like he did on Thursday last week, he runs the ball. He runs the ball, and that really matters so much at the quarterback position in fantasy football. I actually have an article coming out about that over at Football Absurdity coming up this week, but that's enough time on that. We move now to Minnesota Vikings wide receiver Adam Thielen, looking a little, I don't know, it might not be ready to go for him in Week 14 action, as he and the rest of the team will be playing on a short week versus my Pittsburgh Steelers on Thursday night. The high ankle sprain, I mean, gosh, these are injuries that tend to knock players out for a few weeks but you know every every injury is different just continue to track that news it is what it is. Now on to the Giants. Oh god, the quarterbacks. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, it's it's been a difficult year for the New York Giants on the injury front and now it seems that Mike Glennon's concussion might Open the door for Jake Fromm, a.k.a. Jake Fromm State Farm, to be the starting quarterback. I mean, I don't know, man. It's, it's so rough because, you know, Daniel Jones, the normal starter, still out with a neck injury that does not seem to be improving. So just, I don't know, be aware of this as you look forward to next week. Things are getting a little desperate. This is probably news better served for you super flex managers out there, but I don't know. Just putting that out there just for the sake of putting it out there. Now we continue with bad news on the injury front with Jets wide receiver Corey Davis being out for the season with a core muscle injury. Not super surprising, but, you know, it is what it is. Injuries have definitely significantly impacted his season thus far, and I hope he is able to rest up and be ready to go for the season of 2022. Moving on, we have Chargers wide receiver Keenan Allen placed on the COVID list. We will have to see how that's going to shake out because we don't know his uh, vaccination, words are hard, vaccination status. (laughs) So, you know, him being placed on the COVID list so early in the week does leave the door open for him to possibly be able to be active for Sunday. It is also worth noting that the Los Angeles Chargers are not traveling for week 14 so that does clear one significant you know obstacle that could potentially be in his way keep an eye on that definitely track that news then we move on to Cardinals running back Chase Edmonds considered to be a game time decision for week 14 per head coach Cliff Kingsbury you know if he were to return to the lineup that would definitely take away some of the passing work from James Connor which has kind of helped bump him a little bit recently but at the same time I don't know, James Conner's still going to be a viable fantasy option regardless. It's just worth noting. And then back to what I was saying earlier about, you know, hey, practicing on a short week, what's going to happen? Oh, No. Ben Roethlisberger and Chase Claypool are both listed as did not practices, did not practices? Is that how that works? Is that how that works? I don't know. Words are difficult. At any (laughs) rate, the Steelers did not have formal practice on Monday, but if they had... Ben Roethlisberger and Chase Claypool would have been listed as did not practice. They're on a short week against the Vikings. Same thing I was saying earlier about Adam Thielen. You know, keep an eye on it. You don't have the same type of recovery time that you do with a full week between games. It's not great. And to round it out, we got Tennessee Titans wide receiver Julio Jones to return from IR. Woohoo! Saints wide receiver Deontay Harris suspended for three weeks. Ugh, not great. You might just want to consider dropping him. And then... To close it out, Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas did not tear his ACL, thankfully. It does seem like he avoided serious damage, but, you know, we're going to have to wait and see on this. You know, the end of the season schedule for the Washington football team was friendly enough for Thomas to be considered one of those league-winning type tight ends that you could have picked up. And, you know, just it's, it's a shame. You know, injuries have really derailed his season. But, you know, just keep your eye on that for now. I think that really covers everything we need to go over for the injury portion of this. So now we are going to move on to the previously recorded portion of this episode. If you hear me, your boy Herms, sounding a little frustrated, it's just because, you know, like the lateral bot said earlier, the wind in my area really made my Wi-Fi spotty. And you know, so like, it's just just keep that in mind. I, I, that's all you need to know. I'm not mad or anything. It's just you know, unfortunate circumstances tend to bog things down. At any rate, I hope the remainder of this episode helps you. Please remember, as always, to follow us on Twitter at thelateralff and check out our website www.thelateralff.com. And here we go. Here before we return to regularly scheduled programming, here is a fun outtake blooper reel from the attempts at making the show work earlier. Beep, Came out again. First, motherfucker I I'm gonna kill everyone.
1: So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you cut back in it, kill everyone. It was all that I heard.
0: This is good, this is good. Well, god damn it. Well, no, I mean I can hear the wind outside my window. <laughs> like I I know what's it, happening. I,
1: well so do you chop this stuff up anyway? Uh, well, it's gonna take more than a feeling to get Adam Thielen healthy for week fourteen, I'll tell you what. If you had to pick between the two, would you rather have Taysom Hill with a mallet finger or Ryan Mallet with Taysom Hill's fingers trying to throw a Hail Mary pass? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Hell,
0: (laughs) fucking hell. (laughs) I have not thought about Ryan Mallet in a very long time. This is now back to the show. Now that we've made it past the news, it is time to get into the heart of the show. How do you handle your roster construction in the playoff push? It's a really big topic. We felt this would be more useful to you than just a traditional waiver wire show. So here we go. We got to bust it up into a few parts. And, you know, actually, we'll start with the waiver wire. How exactly do you handle the waiver wire making a playoff push? The two things that I kind of want to know about specifically are how you handle DSTs, because, you know, a lot of people still play in leagues with DSTs. And then are you more of a pick up a guy that I could use as a streamer or more of a now is it time to just pad the bench with all the handcuff backups I can?
1: Okay, so I would say it sort of depends on what your position is. Uh, So for DSTs, at this point, I am going to try and have two. I want to see if I can get two defenses that from the weeks that I have left in the season, at least one of them will be a good play per week. So like in one league, I've got like the Cowboys and the Bucks, in another league. I've got the Dolphins and the Panthers Um, you know, stuff like that. So unless you have a truly elite defense that has good matchups the rest of the season and no bye weeks, which isn't impossible. Like, I think actually the Cowboys defense is kind of in that territory. Um, but barring that I would get two defenses so you can switch back and forth and not have to worry about it because, um, with the streamers and handcuffs thing, you need to keep it a central personnel. So who is going to be able to contribute to a winning roster if I have to play them? That is pretty much what you want. And then once you run out of those people, fill the rest up with running back handcuffs. That's like kind of where I'm at. So like if there aren't wide receivers that I'm going to want to put in in a flex spot, running back handcuffs all the way. But if like someone like a Van Jefferson was still out there, like I need that guy on my roster.
0: I'm definitely with you. And, you know, I think a lot of what you said will carry over into the next section. So I will leave a little bit of that out of it. But to go back to your point about DST, I do the exact same thing. In our home league of notes, hopefully I will be able to make the playoffs, still undetermined as of recording. Uh, I have the New Orleans Saints in the San Francisco 49ers defenses because it seems like they flip-flop every other week, good matchup all the way through the end. I'm completely with you. Unless you are somebody that has the New England Patriots defense that's just going to torch people no matter what, you know, like it's it's a very short list of defenses like that in fantasy this year. So yeah, you're definitely going to want to go with more than one and, you know, I'm kind of with you in terms of, you know, potential streamers, but they have to be at, like a certain threshold of, you know, a week to week rank. Like if they are within the top 36 or something like that, then I'm comfortable having them on, your bench and then like you running back handcuffs but i don't really want the type of running back handcuff that's like well you know he's next up on the deck chart kind of guy but it's a team that doesn't really have like a one-for-one type replacement type of guy you know what i mean like and i'm not saying that i agree it
1: seems like that
0: but you know there's types it, ha- of it
1: has to be someone like an alexander madison like jamal williams something along those not These are people that will take lead back roles if their counterpart goes down.
0: Yeah, like definitely keep that in the back of your mind if you're looking for handcuffs, because speculative handcuffs are not as valuable as the ones that you can legitimately look at and say, okay, they're getting the workload if anything happens to the guy in front of them. I mean, we named a couple of them, and honestly, anybody who plays fantasy football kind of knows the list of names that we're talking about. But just, yeah, I mean, if it's like, oh, the backup guy who also is kind of good at catching passes on this team could be good if the guy who primarily catches pass, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, that's not worth the headache for you. But I think that kind of leads into a little bit of how we handle dropping Players, because obviously, if you're going to add players, you have to figure out who to drop. It, it kind of goes with what you said about the quality of streamers that you are looking to add. Because the question you really need to ask yourself is like, where's the cutoff? Where do you determine somebody to be expendable at a certain point? And, you know, kind of, you know, I teased a little bit. I think, especially at the wide receiver position, the furthest down I'm willing to go is like, Unless I could expect you somehow to be ranked within the top 40 on a week to week basis, I don't care. If it fluctuates based off of matchup or whatever, like one week this person could be like, you know, wide receiver, you know, 35, but the next week they could bump all the way down to the 50s. Honestly, I'm okay with dumping that person. I am. I'm absolutely okay cutting bait with that player. I don't have time for that. Also, if you have like a second tight end or something and like, you know, you know, like shit like that, you know what I mean? Like that's one of those like pick your poison type things don't carry superfluous pieces. And also my last thing before I hand it over to you is like, honestly, I'm not trying to roster more than one quarterback at this point. I would rather just pick your guy and roll with it. And if something happens, injury wise, figure it out later.
1: So I'd, I'd say the one complication is you still have a week 14 by week. So for this week coming up, you may still want to have two quarterbacks. So like I've got Carson Wentz and Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill might be able to play on Thursday. And if he does, like he's someone I'd want. But if not, like I'll have to. It's just like I might want to keep both of those guys around for another week or two.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, but if you have one of the quarterbacks, the I would bye week for sure. But once the playoffs yeah. start,
1: you know. Yeah, I'm I'm not dying to keep a backup quarterback for the sake of keeping a backup quarterback. I'd agree with you there.
0: Yeah, that's kind of where it gets a little dicey for sure. But, you know, so, I mean, you, you heard where I draw my line in terms of, like, wide receiver. So, and honestly, I would apply the same number roughly for running backs. Like, if I can't confidently be like, this guy could very well be within the top 40 week to week for the rest of this unless they are a premium handcuff, I don't care. I'm dropping those players. Is that a line comfortable for you or do you have a different thought?
1: Yeah, I no, I get that. I would agree. Um, I think it also like always depends on like your bench size, stuff like that. The bigger your bench is, the less you have to worry about this stuff. Like if I have a deeper bench, maybe I'll keep Gardner Minshew on my bench just in case Jalen Hurts has an injury because we saw what will happen with that. Um, but you would need a deep bench to be able to do that. Your typical like six man bench, you're probably not getting away with that. Um, I would say the only thing would be like if you had Jalen Hurts. So like actually as an example, like if you had Derek Carr and you wanted to pick up Marcus Mariota because you think Mariota will just go in if Carr goes down, like you could consider that. But again, in a six team, six man bench, I'm like I'm not dealing with that.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, deep enough bench, actually, yeah, rostering your starting quarterbacks back up, assuming they have a pretty good one, like, you know, the couple that you've already brought up. Yeah, I mean, I could could see doing that, you know. But, yeah, anything smaller than, I would say, probably an eight-player bench, I wouldn't do that. That's probably where I'd be, like, that's probably the bench size where I would begin to entertain that, but it's still a very good thought. Um, Now, in terms of setting you well actually well I mean, do you have anything else to add I don't want to <laughs> just jump no. into the next section okay all right i'm um, pretty good cool uh in terms of setting your lineups you know this this gets a little difficult because there is kind of a player discussion that goes into this because i i pulled up a few names of players that i'm a little nervous about but at any rate is this one of those things where you're just like fuck it i'm trusting the dudes that got me this far whatever or are you really going to try and just play this whole thing based off of the matchups? Cuz I mean like there are t- there's multiple schools of thought for this, but these are like the two predominantly, you know, popular ones.
1: Honestly, somewhere in between, but it kind of depends on who got me there. So like looking at one of my lineups, like I've got Austin Eckler, Justin Jefferson. These are guys that I'm just going to roll with. It Doesn't matter what the matchup is, like those are A one day one guys that got me there. And then I'd say you get a tier below that uh, like Tony Pollard and Van Jefferson. Those are guys that might be more on the fringe for some people. And so like Tony Pollard is honestly probably my second best running back on that roster. So I'm probably just going to roll with him. But Van Jefferson isn't necessarily my second best wide receiver. Like I've got DJ Moore on my bench. So, you know, I'll probably roll with DJ more. And then Van Jefferson would probably be towards the top of my flex consideration. I might be more inclined to go with him in a tiebreaker because he's done well. But he's not like a lock. I
0: feel that. I feel that. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm kind of the same way when it comes to that type of shit, because it's one of the, the phrase that I use in our text exchange was, you know, dance with who brung you. You know what I mean? Like wherever that originates from. I've heard it before. You know, it's just like, yeah, you know, it's like these people got you to the dance. You might as well take them out on the floor and, you know, whirl
1: around a bit. So that sounded oddly sexual, but regardless. So so actually, (laughs) as, as an example with that roster, I've got Van Jefferson. I've got Jacoby Myers. Let's say, luckily enough, I get to my championship game in week 17. Van Jefferson has the Ravens. Jacoby Myers has the Jaguars. Even though I've rolled with Van Jefferson for a lot of the year, I'm probably going to flex Jacoby Myers.
0: Yeah. So like in essence, I think what we're really getting at here is if you've got a really solid foundational piece, don't overthink that shit because this is, these are the types of decisions that like, you know, people will live to regret and talk about all winter and all, all, Spring and just be like, fuck, what did I take X player out of my lineup? Because you shouldn't have. You really shouldn't have. You know, like if somebody's within like the top 15 or 20 at their position for the most part, barring, you know, there are some exceptions to this rule, some of whom there's a couple I really want to bring up, but generally it's like, yeah, like there's a reason they're there. You know, it's just like, well, you know, I thought about benching this running back because it's like, you know, that defense is kind of tough. It's like, well, did they get the workload you were looking for? Yeah. Was that an expected thing? Yeah. Well, then you shouldn't have done it. The playoffs is not a time to overthink shit. You know what I mean? Just a simple reminder from your old friends over at the lateral. Just don't do not do that shit to yourself. It, it's, a, it, it's not worth it. Tinker in the flex for sure. But, like, your RB1 and 2, you probably have an answer to if you've made the playoffs. Your wide receiver 1 and 2, you probably have an answer to if
1: you made the playoffs. Your are past, like, 30 seconds probably cut. Well, it is what it is.
0: We will salvage it however it can possibly go. Now, as far as players that may be in the upward or downward direction, is there any, like, are there any names that you are more confident in lately that are kind of a surprise to you or you're kind of, you know, losing a little faith in that kind of helped you get here?
1: Well, so I have to say like Van Jefferson has been killing it the past two weeks and I'm, I'm pretty comfortable continuing to ride with him to a degree. Um, The guy who I think I have the most concerns about, I don't know that I can play Cortland Sutton anymore.
0: Yeah. I mean, that has really not been great. It's, I mean, and trust me, I, I have, several shares of Courtland Sutton across multiple leagues. And I'm even looking right now to try and find where he ranks over the last uh, (laughs) five games played, according to fantasy data. Shout out fantasy data. I'm scrolling and I can't even find him. That's a really, really bad sign. I'm all the way down at almost a hundred. God, has he really been been that bad? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep. I'm going to keep going just to see if I find it. Actually, you know, I give up. The fact that I can't even find his name says everything. If you can avoid playing Cortland Sutton, I think that's probably a good idea. you probably pivoted to another option anyway, but honestly, if you haven't found an option and you're likely to make the playoffs with him on your roster, I would begin to make other plans for sure. Um, Another name that I think has kind of concerned me a bit. uh, So weeks one through seven in PPR scoring, this player was the wide receiver 3 in all of fantasy. But over the last 5 games played, I will tell you what. This man is wide receiver 45 and his name is Jamar Chase. I I I re, I can't do it, man. I like I still believe that Jamar Chase is somebody that you can consider as a flex, but if you look, he has not gone over 50 yards receiving. Well, until you know, the game against the Chargers, you know, like yesterday, (laughs) but like, but even then for a while, it hadn't been since that game in Baltimore where he went for over 200. It was like, it was getting pretty bad there. And like, unless he scores a touchdown, he's not really been all that useful. I'm not super enthusiastic about Jamar chase for the fantasy playoffs.
1: I'm not going to lie. Um. Yeah, I mean, his matchups aren't necessarily the best is the one thing I'd be concerned there. But like even last week, eighty six eight eight targets, five receptions, 96% of the snaps still got you double digit fantasy points. Like he is a guy that to me, I don't want to leave that big play on my bench. Like he basically he's had two games with less than 10 points the entire season. Two. Now, granted, like a couple of them have come recently. Well, the two of them have come recently. He had a bye week thrown in there, but, you know, I'm, I'm still probably going to play him. No, I mean, like that's my point, though, is like, I'm not
0: I'm not in trying to leave him on my bench by any means. But what I'm saying is like my faith in him You're as like out, the. Man. Well, that's it's it's going to happen. Regardless I, I of heard that <laughs> I
1: heard that's my point, and then I did not hear anything else.
0: Well, I'll edit it later. Um, I'm not advocating trying to take him out of my lineup necessarily. It's just that the faith that you once placed in a player like Jamar Chase really just isn't there anymore. So, like, these are the types of things that you kind of have to think about when going to add a certain player off of the waiver wire or something. Just being like looking at your team and being like, ah, shit. You know, he's not like my solid wide receiver too that i thought he was so maybe i should go ahead and pick up another receiver just in case you know like that's kind of the point that i'm making it's just like assess the faith that you have in some of these individuals before you do anything else you know
1: yeah i guess for me i'm still gonna just ride with him he's not someone that i'm gonna replace in my lineup
0: right well i mean more power to you um I think, oh, here we go. Another name that's been kind of interesting for sure. Actually, and this does intersect with, uh, you know, I kind of feel bad for just keeping this in the wide receiver column, but uh, DJ Moore. I mean, dear God, the Panthers. Actually, yeah, uh, another news note that we didn't go over in the news part. The Panthers fired offensive coordinator Joe Brady. (laughs) Like, what the hell is going on down there, man? Like, that shit is starting to get a little wonky. Do you feel good about him at all?
1: Uh, Yeah, he's still got wide receiver one talent, so I'm going to play him and hope for the best. He's the best target on that team. It's not particularly close, especially with Christian McCaffrey out. Like, they're going to just have to throw to him. It may not be pretty, but he'll get results.
0: We'll see. Here we go looking over at the running back position, uh, another player that has been kind of letting people down recently, including this past week, actually, which kind of makes me sad because we talked about him as a guy that would be a good trade target, and that was James Robinson. I mean, his schedule's probably going to be pretty fine. That's, like, the reason we advocated trading for him anyway, but, like, ah, fuck. That, that's, that's one name that kind of concerns me. Do you have any at the running back position that are, like, oh, boy, maybe I should prepare in case something gets
1: bad. Well, I mean, Elijah Mitchell just went into the concussion protocol, so I would consider making sure Jeff Wilson's on your team.
0: Yeah, I mean, shit, you know, without, you know, Mitchell's backup running back, Debo Samuel out there on the field, you know, it would be good to make sure that we have somebody like a Jeff Wilson. Yeah, man, honestly, and yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to, you know, something we were saying before you know, before, about the whole theme of the show, keep an eye on those injury reports, people, you know, it's just like, especially, you know, even if a player isn't currently hurt, like right now, like going to be ruled out definitively, if they're dealing with something kind of lingering, that should definitely, you know, kind of, you know, throw off some alarms in the brain there. Um, Yeah. I mean, I don't know that that's really all I have to point out for this, but like, I guess just looking at this in some sort of like overarching manner in a few bullet points, to put it all
1: in summary, how are you looking at I have, competing? I have just one. It's oh, the same rule that you basically should have for every fantasy roster will line up you set. If I don't play this player and they go off, him, I going to feel like an idiot? Like, if you... So, like, I want to say it was a year or two ago, maybe last year... Like I picked up Tony Pollard and Zeke went out and I decided still not to play Tony Pollard and I lost and I felt like an idiot. Tony Pollard had like 40 points that game, you know, exactly the week I'm talking about. That is true. Yeah. So like, don't do things like that. Go with the guys where you're just like, so like for me, DJ Moore. if DJ Moore sucks and I lose a playoff game, You know what, DJ Moore is a really good football player. I put him out there; it didn't work. These things happen, you know. But like, if I like threw out instead of DJ Moore, threw out like Rondale Moore and Rondale Moore busted, and like DJ Moore went, I'm gonna be like, wow, like I feel like an idiot for doing this. Not that that's like really a knock on Rondale, but it's like, come on, these guys are not the same. They're two different tiers. Go with the guys that you are like, I feel like this guy is the guy I should trust.
0: Yeah, and I guess kind of my overall point is not really all that dissimilar to yours, where it's like if you really have to make tough decisions, whether it is adding a player, dropping a player, putting them in your lineup, if it looks like a duck, and it sounds like a duck, and it walks like a duck, it's a duck. Now, whether that's in any sort of positive or negative way, you know, just, like, really evaluate, you know, but in, like, on a simplistic level, you know what I mean? Like, don't just go necessarily full with your gut, but don't, you know, dig too deep either. Just completely simplify your evaluation process, pick, like, three key things or something that you want to look at. If something checks enough boxes roll with it, go with it. And if it doesn't work out, that kind of sucks. But, you know, this is that process over results type thing. Obviously, the stakes are higher because you want the results to be a title in your league. But yeah, you know, just like put in a little thought, but don't overthink anything. Because, you know, the last thing you want to do, like you said, is like you don't want to torture yourself for the next however many months until the season happens again. Like,
1: well, well, yeah. So like looking at just this week, Austin Eckler, like three fumbles, uh, without that touchdown he's like totally crushing your lineup but like you're looking at and you're going like well what was I gonna do not play austin eckler
0: yeah, he's, yeah and that's fine
1: good. it is fine for that to be the result where you're just like well i mean come on what was i gonna do not play this guy that's okay sometimes you just lose and it's weird like that
0: Exactly. As long as you're doing everything that you were supposed to do in the first place to set yourself up for victory, and actual football just takes a shit all over it, you throw up your hands and say, fuck it, take my money next year, we'll do this over again. Just go through this without any regrets, folks. That's the big takeaway, and I believe that is the show. So, yeah, that's all I got all right cool i'm in, uh on twitter at herms nfl that's where you can find me i do this i do a bunch of other stuff and to keep you up to date on the injuries i'm on the fantasy pros news desk look out for those alerts there and uh football absurdity right stuff there i do all sorts of fun stuff here at the lateral at the lateral ff on twitter and our website www.lateral ff uh i'll take it away from here what do you got to plug
1: well, it's your boy McLateral, AKA McLateral FF on the Twitter. You can find me on Twitter. You can also find me at thelateralff.com. Tomorrow, I will be dropping a recap of my week 13, a week two early waiver wire picks. Um, actually did okay. As of right now, I had three successes, two failures, and a push. Uh, past two weeks have actually been pretty good. Um the problem is you're just like, you know, you're so you're picking two weeks in advance. So like once you're in a hole, it like takes just that much more to get back out of it. Yeah. Um, because you've maybe have had the wrong process for a couple weeks and you don't know until a couple weeks later. Um so because the playoffs are coming up and we really want you focused like in the moment on that. I'm not doing a week too early waiver wire going forward. Week 14 was the last one I did. So this week I'm going to post a recap that shows the results next week. I'm going to do the same thing. Um, I am going to do the podcast with you that will drop on Thursday. And then on Sunday, I will drop my boom bus picks in a Twitter thread again, like I did this past Sunday that went really well. And next week, same stuff, but I will also have a pro football mania article coming out that Saturday
0: all right sounds like a lot of fun stuff going on um yeah -hmm. so i guess uh tune in for our regular show uh dropping on thursday and also for those of you that kind of felt a little excluded this week that aren't going to be in the playoffs don't worry next week's shorter episode is going to be looking a little bit ahead to 2022 and just you know some things that you guys that are already out of it you know just you know Never give up. You know, you got to keep your head in the game. You have to come on. There's still stuff to talk about, even if you're not in the playoffs, you know, but we're going to cater. If you
1: are in keeper leagues, start picking up injured players. Now just stash them on your bench. You have no idea who could ultimately pay off by the time you're keeping again next year.
0: That is very true. And we will dig into that more next week. Woohoo! Yeah. That's the show. Get a load of that. Wow. What a good show! <sighs> Crazy. Oh my gosh! Wow, these guys—they know what they're doing. Boop, that's the lateral, lateral show. boop.